Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. One of the things I want to say, thank you to the people that put on the breakfast last night and all the people that helped and did what they did. We want to say thank you from the elders and the congregation. Thank you for all your service. It was a hit. It was so much a hit that our guest speaker, Josh, said he thinks he's coming back to Lynchburg. And I think there may be a few people wanting to come back. <laughs> so it was a hit there. And I just want to thank God for everybody who did that. Also, um, there we got people at Jefferson House, and some of those uh, husbands and fathers. Just remember them in prayer. And we want to thank them for their service because we've been um, ministering to Jefferson House for years and to assistant living and to be a blessing to them. And on this day, we want to say thank you to those at the Jefferson House. In case you hear this message, we want to let you know we ain't forgot you. <laughs> so thank God. Well, this morning, as I talk about um, Father's Day, um, I want you to know that fathers are so important to our society. And uh, it's fathers don't get the credit that I think they should get in our society. And so before I start, let's open up in prayer. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, that you are the ultimate of fathers. It's because of you, Lord, we know how to be a father. And so, Father, as I speak today, I ask that you use my words to bring you glory and bring you honor. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In our society today, they have statistically shown where um, uh, fathers who's not in a home or absent fathers has affected our society to the point where we got higher crime, particularly with boys and stuff. It also affects the wives. A lot of times when the father's not there, poverty level is, is much so there. And there's other things. The whole, it's just a breakdown in our society. And it's because our society, um, people who are influenced, the media and stuff like that, they, a lot of them don't know Christ. So their goal is not to push the things of Christianity. But we as fathers, we as Christians, we have an opportunity to um, change things. And so today, um, on this Father's Day, I thank God that I'm a father, and I thank God for every father that's in here those over Jefferson House and stuff, because we have an opportunity. The title of my message this morning is, is being an encourager. We need fathers to be in an encourager. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to show some things that you can do to be in an encourager in our society. We as Christian men and fathers have an opportunity to be an encourager in our society. What I want to share on this Father's Day are ways we can be an encourager. As men, some of us are fathers and others hope to be fathers. So what I want to do is go over five ways that men can be in an encouragement to our society, to people. And this is important that we do. <clears throat> so the number one way that I got on my list is um, we want to be in an encouragement because God is an encouragement. God is the ultimate father. He knows how to encourage. He's always encouraging us. And so that is the, 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 the wives 
Now I want to explain some things that God did to impress so we continue. We're going to do it by looking at three of the uh, Old Testament parables, which what we're going to share, what I'm going to share, uh, affects the New Testament and us today. For instance, the first character I want to look at is Moses. We won't go to the scripture on him, but Moses, in the backside of the desert, God had to get his attention. He got his attention by him seeing a bush that was not consumed. And yet it was burning. And when Moses got near the bush, God spoke out of it. And God said, Moses, go down to Egypt and bring my people out of Egypt. Of course, Moses knew, knew that was a task that was, that was hard. So Moses had doubt. So what did God do? God began the process of encouraging him. He said, Moses, what's that you got in your hand? Staff. He dropped it down, did a series of events, series of miracles. And that still didn't convince Moses. Moses said, but I can't talk. So God said, I got earned to send your brother down, to brother with you so you can go there. And eventually, Moses went. So God was always encouraging Moses and others too. Uh, Joshua. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. This is the second picture. In Joshua 1, verse 9, it says, I have not, have I not commanded you? So God has commanded him. God is getting ready to encourage him even more. But God has commanded you to do what? He's taken over Moses, and he got to take the children of Israel into the wilderness. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you forever or wherever you go. So once again, God is encouraging him because the task is great. God is telling him, be strong, courageous. Don't tremble. In other words, don't be discouraged. There's a lot of discouragement in our society. And so it's important that we be men of encouragement, one who encourages. And so God was doing the same thing to him, was encouraging, go. My presence is going to be with you. You go. And eventually, Joshua did it. Another person is Gideon. In Judges chapter 6, verse 10 through 16, <clears throat> uh, starting at verse 10, it says, And I say unto you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites, whose land you live, but you have not obeyed me. So during this time, God had um, helped them to conquer the Amorites, Amorites and Midianites, their land, and use it. They were building crops and stuff, but they disobeyed God. They did not follow what God said. And so what happened is the Amorites and um, Midianites, they came in to start taking their crops and stuff. They started suppressing their children Israel. And it was, they were numerous. They took livestock and stuff. And so they cried out to God, and God said, we're going to do something about it. So then in verse 11, it said, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was an altar, which belonged to Joaz, the Abizarite, as his son Gideon was beating out the wheat in the wine press in order to save it from the Mennonites. So Gideon was in a cave like he was... Uh, getting wheat for the children of Israel because they didn't have any. Then watch what God do. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O violent warrior, O mighty warrior. He was not no mighty warrior at that time. He was hiding away. And he knew what God had said and what God had done, because you can see it as we move on. But God was encouraging him. God had a task. God knew things about him that he didn't think but itself, and so it is with every one of us. 
God do not look at you the way you look at yourself. God do not look at you the way your wife look at you, nor your children. God see you in a different light. God loves us. He cares for us. Every task we got, God has enabled us to accomplish the task. We have to see the way God. Ladies, the same way. God do not look at you the way you look at yourself. God see you very beautiful, more beautiful than you see yourself. God see things in you you don't see in yourself. That's why God comes along and he does some things to help us. And we're going to see. Then he goes on to say, verse 12, says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O violent warrior. Verse 13, Then Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midian. The Lord looked at him and said, Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of the Midian. I have I not sent you? So God, again, encouraged him to go in the strength that you have. You go. Then watch what God said. And he said to him, O oh Lord, how should I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh. This is where he sees himself. And I am the youngest of my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat me as one man. So God is saying, I'm going to be with you. Your strength is, I'm going to be with you. Encouraging. God is always encouraging us. And that's important. God saw what these men could do as they obeyed God. So now, looking at those three illustrations, we can see three tools God used to encourage all three men. So how did he do it? He did it with his word, with his presence, and his assistance. Those are three things that we can do. Let me give you an example of a man who did that and uh, with his daughter. I want to show this video. Can we have the lights down? For this first video, it's a short clip. But I want you this man did it with his words, with his presence, and his assistance. Who are you, Jacob or Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, it's Esau, your firstborn son. I've done it with Boy, Here's is dad the really nailing the dance. And, and, and while holding a baby life. at the same time. His two-and-a-half-year-old Bella wasn't having any of it at God, first. It in my she sat on the ground while her classmates were performing then their routine Isaac during their dance recital, so dress rehearsal. The student assistants tried to get the toddler to continue, and then they called for backup. Dad, who's been clearly practicing the dance with Bella, seems to know it perfectly. Just look at that passe and relevant. And tendus. The stagehand tries to grab the child in his arms, but he doesn't let go. At the end of the number, Dad waves by, and the group exits the stage. But Bella stays there crying. <laughs> Looks like Dad is going to need a tutu for the real recital. I'm Lee Sheps for InsideEdition.com. All right. The little girl in that video probably would not remember this. She will, however, look back on the video someday and know that her father was a real man who loved her more than himself, who was willing to help her, inspire her, even make a fool of himself for her. That's a real man. So he did the three things that God said. 
he talked to her. He had to talk to her. His presence was there, and he assists her. And so we can do it. That's an example of someone who's doing that. So those, those are three things we can. So the number one way we can encourage being an encourager is with our words. Sometimes that's all it takes, our presence. Sometimes that's all it takes, assistance, particularly if you got kids and they want money, that assists them a lot. So, so those are three ways. So number one, we can be an example of encouragement with our words, our presence, and assistance. Number two, number two is uh, based on Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Let's read that. It said, husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. The second way is this. Husband, treat moms right would be an encouragement to the kids, whether they are small or grown, whether they are in the house or move or live somewhere else. This one is very dear to me. Men are not, some men are not married, and they can learn a lot from those who are married, especially those who have been married 20 years or more. So I encourage that. So husband treating their wives or the mother of the kids right. And like I said, that is very um, close to me. But before I share what I'm going to share, I got another video I want to play. And the second video, and in this video, you must read the, the uh, headline. So it's not going to be something that's sung or anything like that. Let's, let's read it. That was a great example of someone 
been a burden to them. Um, this one touches me a lot because my dad was not there at the house. When I was born, time I was born to age, because I got out of high school, I very rarely ever saw my dad. I only had probably three or four, maybe five memories of him, and I sure wish you those memories. My dad has passed away now. I was with him at a time where I wanted to share a Christ with him, and I did. And he said he, he, he believed that he, he was a Christian. I don't know, but I had to go back with him. But I know in my life on this, what my dad could have taught me, that he wasn't bad. And that if you are important, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what society says. You are valuable to this world, to this society. And it's important that you know that. I remember uh, my dad, I think I was in grade school, and uh, I was in my mother's kitchen. And uh, she was trying to help me to learn how to spell where I just couldn't spell it. And what he would do, he would tell me, he said, look it up in the dictionary. And I remember sitting in the kitchen, looking up as a light, and him standing like that, still like I was in a Nazi prison camp. He was on, because it did not make sense. How am I going to spell a word and look it up in the dictionary? It just didn't make sense. Look at me, I look up the dictionary when I already know how to spell it. But just didn't, and I didn't know then what he was trying to tell me. And I don't think I ever remember that word. Matter of fact, I don't care if that word was out of the English dictionary as far as I'm concerned. That event was terrible for me. He didn't know that. And I don't know why he left us at an early age until I got saved later. And I always honored my dad, no matter what. I never blamed him for anything. My mom never taught us to blame him. I, I knew as I got older some things had happened. But I would call my dad. My mom raised me to call her mom, Annie. And it wasn't offensive to her. Did it for years until I had a child. My child asked me one day, why you call your mom Annie? Why don't you call her mom? I said, I'll try. It was the hardest thing for me to call her mom. Now it's easy because that's the way I was raised. Now my dad, if I call her Sammy, I'm a Jew. If I call him Sammy, he would have knocked me in the corner. So, But I always honor him. I had a soccer memory of my dad. I was real small. He used to work at a, at a, at a company downtown called People Drug Store. He drove, a, he drove a Jeep-like vehicle to deliver uh, drugs and products and stuff like that. I remember coming up 5th Street, and I don't know where we at. Evidently, we were parked. He put me on his lap and let me mess with the steering wheel. I remember that. That was a happy memory. But then there was another memory I had. Coming, if you're downtown, going up 5th Street, and you get to that circle, you know, you can go around the circle, or you can go around and keep straight, or you take a right, and that's Federal Street. Well, my mom was living on Federal Street, the second block on the left, and crossing with the tobacco plant. I remember as a small child, outside, me and my mom running, and I had my hand turned and was running, and I was crying. I have no idea what was going on. But my mom was running from my dad. So I'm telling you now, you can be an encouragement to your kids by feeding them. 
I don't care if she's divorced or what. You do the best you can to treat mom right. Because as the old saying goes, if mom not happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. So you treat mom right. So that's a big one. So that's that's a point that is dear to me. And that's something that you can do as a father. The third thing is to be mighty and spiritual minded. This would be an encouragement to your family and to others. Don't let the wife have to take the lead most of the time in spiritual matters. Don't let her have to be the one to tell you to do spiritual things most of the time. For instance, somebody have tissue. For instance, uh, in in uh, for instance, don't let her have to tell you to go. To Bible study. Don't, don't let her tell you to have a devotion time. You you take the initiative. You know, don't let her have to tell you, let's come together and pray. You pray together. Because women, if they have to, they'll do it. And if you want to be an absent father spiritually, you don't want to be that way. That's a way of encouraging the wives, encouraging other people. Be a mighty man in spiritual things. And spiritual things could be a lot of other things in your household. Depends on your household. So that's one of the things you want to do. Here's an example. I'm going to give you an example of three men who encourage me every week and uh, by what they do and by being there. One of them, his name is Jerry Gibson. Y'all know Jerry Gibson, right? Well, on Wednesday, when he come to Bible study, I know Jerry been working at the hospital, worked two or three jobs, and kind of tired. The mere fact he come every time is an encouragement to me, every time. Another person is James Richards, who's married to Rachel. He comes to the Bible study. What, what blesses me about him is that sometimes Rachel may be out of town. He still comes, unless they're out of town for, you know, good reason or got something to do, grandchildren or what. He still comes. I've seen times in the past in my life that a lot of times men, if the wife don't come, the men ain't coming. The wives or the women seem to be the wind behind the man's sail. You don't want to do that. So that's why it's important that you do that, that you be strong in spiritual matters. Another person, some of you may not know this, is Jason Keith. Would you stand up, Jason? He is a blessing to me. You said that. He's a blessing to me every Sunday. Do you know why? This man worked third shift and come every Sunday. He don't have to do that. Me, there's some Sundays I know I wouldn't be here because I'd be sleeping. And God bless him. When I see him back here, I kind of do the cross, Catholic cross. God bless him. Stay awake. So I just want to thank God for you, Jason. He's a blessing to me. That's encouragement. That's what should be encouraging anybody. Sometimes you feel like you don't want to go to church. Think about Jason. Because I know he gets that thought a whole lot of times, but he comes anyway. And so that has been a great blessing to me. He don't know that. I mean, I know he know it now, but every time he's sure, that's a blessing to me. And that should be a blessing to all of you because he's leading. Now, I know his wife's got something to do with it, but we're going to let that (laughs) slide. The fourth thing, be a leader in the area of inviting people to the church, witness and sharing your faith. This would be an encouragement to so many, especially to the lost. If you get somebody saved, that would definitely be an encouragement. And more important to the Lord 
who caused to spread the good news. Here's some questions I want to ask the men. Do you ever share your faith? Do you know how to? Do you invite people to church? If not, why? What I'm going to do, I'm going to speak again in August. And I'm going to deal with these right here. And then I'm going to have some training. Because I want to encourage men to stand up. And to be men who will share their faith. Who will invite people. A lot of times, it's the women that's inviting people. And I want to thank God for a person who's not here now. His name is London Thompson and Beverly Thompson. There are new people who come and join our church. Linda just had surgery, a knee replacement, that some things went wrong. And so he's at home now. So continue to pray for him. Dave Millers is another person. Pray for him. But the reason why I bring Linda, because Linda and Beverly love this church. They've told me. And sometimes they invite people. They take that whole back row with the people they bring. So I know they're bringing people. They're asking people. Then once you invite them, it's up to them whether they come back again. That's not the issue. Invite people. And so, and most of the time, women, they'll do it. You know, let me give you another example. My mom. I went to pick up my mom, I guess, what, a couple weeks ago, to take her someplace to pay a bill, something like that. And then while we're on the way, she said, I need to go by the store. Whenever I get my mom, I always try to be prepared for more than one task. So... (laughs) So anyway, I take her to the store. She gets out, drop her off, and I wait. So when I see her come, I bring the car up. And just as I brought the car, somebody else pulled up. So I went and get her, her, her groceries, went over to the car, put them all in. Next thing I know, I thought she was behind me. She over at that car. So I go put the basket back, look at her, and I kind of know who she's talking to. So she's talking to the lady, and she tells me, go and go get some invite cards. So I go over there. You know, get an invite card. She got a pocketbook. I put it in there, and I'm looking. I took the pocketbook, throw it up, found drop it. No, I just kidding. I ain't do all that. You know, she got a lot of stuff. But I got the card and gave, and gave it to her. And then I realized who it is. She was ready to invite. She was ready. She had stuff in her car. She read it. My mom is always ready. Invite, witness, give a sermon or whatever. She's always ready. And she's more ready than I am. And I thank God. Over the years, me and my mom probably had brought more people to this church than anybody. I can tell you right now, we always, she's always, she'll make phone calls, special phone calls, get some family, live out in the woods somewhere. Y'all, y'all, and I go to church? Well, you go to church on Sunday. That's where she is. That's where she, she thinks. And so, and that's where I am. I'm always inviting people to church. I don't care what the church is doing. I don't care if the church don't have a program I like or what. I'm always inviting. And if I win somebody to the Lord, I'm not dependent on the church necessarily to disciple them. I'm going to get with them. The last person I led to the Lord, London and Beverly, it was their niece or granddaughter. They did something, most of the work, and they asked me to pray for her. Took her back in the office, led her to the Lord, and then what we do? We offer other things. Our, me and Sarah was going to go to a house and pick up. We did do it. Go pick up and bring her here. But eventually she has to make the decision whether she want to continue to go. On. It ain't because we're not reaching out to her and helping her. You understand what I'm saying? But it starts off by inviting So. That's one thing I think not only be a blessing to others, but definitely be a blessing to us and to here at the church. All right, the last thing, number five. You have in you already what you need to be an encouragement. So ask the Lord to guide you. That's what you want to do. Ask the Lord to guide you. We see this in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, seeing 
that his divine power has granted to us everything that pertains to pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. The Bible says he has given us everything we need to be what we need to be, to be an encouragement. For, for, so God is encouraging. So we want to follow his pattern. We realize that he did it with his words, his presence, and his truth. So God has placed in us with the Holy Spirit that we can do. And if you know, if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have in you what you need. Let me give you examples, two examples of an encouragement from the national front. Vice President Pence, when he made a statement to reporters or whoever he made, he got out on the well that he did not go out for lunch or dinner with another woman unless his wife was with him. The news media had a cop. To me, that was very encouraging. What was he saying? I honor my wife. I want to make sure I'm, there's nothing said that could be said wrong. I honor my kids, and I'm setting an example before all of you. This is what he said. This is what he believed Christianity is like. And guess what? We have someone else that looks like that. I want to thank God for Minerva and Pastor Willie, because as long as Pastor Willie had been here, he did not want to be in his office with another woman and him by himself. That's why he got his daughter and stuff. Why? Because he wants to honor his wife, honor his daughter, and honor us as a leader. He goes the extra mile. So let's give Pastor Will a hand. Even though he's not here now, but never know, we're giving him a hand. That is encouraging to me because that's the way I want to be. So he has set the example for us. And that's what you want to be. And, and, and that's what God wants us to be. Okay? So I'm going to close here. Let's review now. Number one, God is encouraging with his words, his presence, and truth. We can be the same way. Number two, being an encouragement to kids by loving and treating your mom, the mom right. Number three, be mighty in spiritual matters. And spiritual matters depends on you and your relationship. What do you mean? I gave you two or three examples. Be the leader. Number four, be the leader in the area of inviting people to church, witness, and sharing your faith. And number five, you have in you already what you need to be an encouragement. So ask the Lord to guide you. With those things, you can be an encouragement. You can be an example, and you can set many people. Let everybody bow their heads as we close our eyes. <clears throat> if you are in here now and you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, if you have not given your life to Jesus, then it's going to be hard for you to be the encourager that God wants you to be. You can still be it, but not the way God wants you to be, because God wants you to get the glory and get the credit. And so, if you do not know Jesus, Lord, today could be your day, could be your chance. All you have to do is know the Bible said that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Know that you have sinned. Everybody born in, under Adam has sinned. And the only answer to your sin is there has to be a perfect sacrifice. And we don't have one person that walked this earth as a perfect sacrifice. It was Jesus Christ. If you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you believe that his blood cover your sin, he met the requirement, then all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says that he will give you the right to become sons of God, not according to uh, man's will or the flesh, but according to God's will. So all you have to do right now is say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I have sinned, and I've messed the mark. Come into my life. That's all you got to do. 
Father, right now, heads bow and eyes closed, Father, is there anybody here? And we're not taking for granted that everybody here is with us. But if they are, thank God. And I pray, Father, those who make that confession and pray <coughs> and ask you to come in their life, Father, thank you that you would do it. You would heal them for them. And while eyes still closed, heads still bowed, there are some of you this message touched you. You want to be a better encourager, or you want to be an encourager, or you want to be guided by God in doing those things that would bring forth encouragement. And I pray for you right now. I pray, Father, that you would so touch everyone here that they become what you call them to be. Definitely call us to be an encourager, especially the fathers. I thank you, Father, for everyone, for everyone here who, who loves their family, who loves the, the mom and the kids who set a good example. I thank you, Father. But there be could, there could be some who are struggling. And if so, Father, I pray that you bless them in that time. I ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.